I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. Oh, yeah. Great to be back on the pregame show. Big, big day for the Chicago Bears, the start of officially the Justin Fields era. And we are delighted to uh, to welcome in Todd Haley. Todd, of course, longtime NFL offensive coordinator, head coach, was a wide receiver coach with the Bears back in the day. And he joins us on the score hotline presented by Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas home of the world's largest sports book. Good morning, Todd. How you guys doing? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think we're okay. What was it like coaching these guys? I imagine you, you went through a living hell. Uh-oh. It was, it was what there. was it like having a wide receiver coach I, like Todd? <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Manley, Patrick was a dream. Olin, not so much. <laughs> hey, listen, that, that that again is the golfer talking, not the football coach, right? <laughs> so we all know when a golfer becomes a football coach, you're probably like the long snapper. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Todd, I want to start with um, we got obviously Justin Fields playing, and I can't imagine anybody better to talk about I've been around as many quarterbacks and try to help develop these guys. And I know when you went to Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin basically wanted you to tell Roethlisberger to keep him in the pocket to develop him, gain the ball quickly so he would stop taking all those hits. And we hear that a lot about Justin Fields, that we got to teach him to play in the pocket, protect himself. What actually goes into all of that when you take a guy with the skill set that Justin Fields has? Well, he has a unique uh, skill set, Olin. I mean, uh, he's totally different than Ben. I mean, Ben could extend plays. He's a big guy. Uh, you know, that was more self-preservation. You know, I think you have to utilize uh, Justin's ability to run the football, um, you know, whether it's RPOs, whatever. You know, the the thing that bothered me a little bit, you know, when I would hear Coach Nagy talk was, you know, we're going to do what we do. 
Garoppolo, Andy Dalton's a totally different skill set than what Justin Fields is. So uh, I really want to see them allow him to do the things that he's really comfortable with uh, and, and utilize his ability to run the football while protecting himself. Todd, Todd, you coached a lot of great quarterbacks. This is perfect because I was going to ask you, when you went to these different places and coached these quarterbacks, they all have different skill set. How much were you changing your scheme for them? And then maybe you give an example of one of the guys you worked with of something you had to do to, to, to make it work for them that maybe something you've done in the past that wasn't what you're maybe not comfortable with, but what you normally didn't do. Well, I think that's what good coaching is. Um, you know, in Arizona, we didn't really have a good running game. Edron James was kind of at the end of his career and loved him. But, you know, we could throw the football really well. So I think we led the league in passing. Then I went to Kansas City, and uh, we had Matt Castle, who, you know, not an elite quarterback, but we happened to have Jamal Charles and Thomas Jones and Dexter McCluster. So we led the league in rushing. I think that's mm-hmm. – you, you need to do what your players do well. And if you just try to say this is what we do and you plug guys in, it, it's probably not going to go very well. Um, you know, and, and, and that's what I was saying. I mean, when, when Justin was coming in in the preseason, I wanted to see Justin-type plays. When I had Baker Mayfield, uh, we went back to Oklahoma tape and we said, all right, what are the concepts that you loved, that you were really comfortable running, and do they work? can they work for us in the NFL? And I think you have to do that. I mean, and we, we had three or four plays for Baker that he loved running at Oklahoma that we incorporated into what we were doing. And if you're not doing that, I don't think you're doing justice to your players. Todd, Amen. you know, we know that rookie quarterbacks, right? Rookie starters this year are one in six. And the only victory is Mac Jones over Zach Wilson. So it's rookie against rookie. Now, usually that's indicative of the idea that you are, you have a high pick for a reason and you're drafting a quarterback into a team that didn't make the playoffs, whatever it might be. What, is there any way of speeding that process of getting a rookie acclimated other than playing him? And that was the big debate. And now obviously they, their hand is forced and they're going to play him and, and the coach, uh, Matt Nagy, is trying to say that, well, Andy Dalton's the starter. He'll just be the starter when he comes back. Maybe covering himself a little bit in case they have struggles with fields. How do you get these guys up and going? Well, it's, it's hard. It's very hard. I mean, we've seen that throughout the years. I mean, very few guys step right in and do the Dan Marino and can go out and win a bunch of games. Uh, you better have a really good supporting cast. You know, I, I actually think Justin – you know, and Mac, they're the ones that fell into uh, the most positive situations because they, you know, they have good defenses, uh, both teams. They, ha- they have a supporting cast. So, uh, you know, again, I think it's, it's, doing, um, it's doing what they're comfortable doing uh, because it's so hard to be a, a young quarterback in this league. You know, I say it all the time. I mean, you better have a trait that allows you to survive while you learn to become a quarterback. You know, Josh Allen in Buffalo, I mean, he's a 6'5 dude that can break tackles and, and run around, and that really afforded him the opportunity to learn how to play the position. You know, Baker Mayfield, uh, he doesn't have that same skill set as Josh Allen, but he's got a tremendous running game, and, and that's allowed him to develop and learn. Mac Jones has a great supporting cast, and I, and I think the Bears, I mean, uh, I'd take their defense. I think they got a chance to be really good on defense just, 
just be smart, do things that uh, he's good at doing, and 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 try to eliminate negative plays. And if you do that, you have a you, you at least have a chance to allow him to grow because um, you know the coaching is very very important. But there's no uh, there's no repl- replacement for actually playing in games, and and it is totally different than playing college football. Um, you know, I, I, I know the Browns uh, today will have uh, a plan different than the preseason to how they're going to rush the passer to, to try to keep Justin in the pocket. You know, the, the things that worry you a little bit are, uh, you know, and Olin, you, you saw it in the preseason. Um, you know, he gets hit by Sam Mike Blitz right in the face. I mean, that is the one blitz you don't want a quarterback to ever miss. Um, you know, in Arizona, we had Matt Leinart. He got hit by a Sam Mike blitz, broke his collarbone, done. Kurt Warner steps in and, and you know, and did a lot of great things. So, you know, that's that's the the part that you worry about. That's probably the part that uh, Coach Nagy's hanging on to, saying he's not ready. I mean, coaches, you know, are very selfish. They want to win. They're not, they're not just doing something to, you know, saying we're playing Andy Dalton uh, because he gives us the le- least chance of winning. I mean, they think they thought he gave him the best chance to win, but now, uh, you know, Justin's got his opportunity. It's, it's a big, uh, it's going to be a big, big uh, game for him. But do things he's comfortable with, protect him, do things to help him, uh, and and let him not be the biggest factor in the game. You know, Todd, you've been around a lot of these situations that the Bears have designed here with Andy Dalton obviously coming in, hopefully hopefully mentoring a young Justin Fields. Uh, most recently in 2018, you're with the Browns. Uh, they got Tyrod Taylor. It's, it's crazy how similar the situations is when you look at it. Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. Uh, Baker Mayfield comes in, plays really well. Uh, but then obviously you see how he has to go through growing pains. Can you talk a little bit about what is the idea behind that? And after seeing that through so many years, I mean, you were even here 2003. We had Chris, Ch- uh, Chris Chandler, Jim Miller, and we drafted Rex Grossman. So it always seems to be the plan. Do you still like that plan for a young quarterback? Do you think that he needs to sit behind a guy and learn from him? And just talk to us a little bit about what is the thought process behind that and why teams keep going back to that kind of situation. Well, yeah, I think the the absolute best scenario is the Patrick Mahomes scenario in Kansas City. Uh, You know, sit behind Alex. uh, You know, he sat 15 games. But, you you know, within a season, how much a young guy can learn just watching a guy that's been there and done that, uh, uh, watch the process, watch how he prepares. That is the ideal situation. But, you know, as you said in Cleveland, I mean, we we sat down the – general manager, the head coach, myself, and we said, Tyrod's our quarterback. He's playing. Uh, we're going to let Baker sit and learn. And But, you know, that goes out the window pretty quick. Um, you know, I know Chicago fans, uh, it, it can't be – it's not a fun place to be an incumbent starter uh, while you have the what everybody believes is the future sitting on the bench. I mean, it's just it, – it creates a lot of pressure. Uh, for both the quarterback, the staff, everybody involved. I mean, you start having owners coming down the hallway saying, hey, we need to play this young guy. Uh, You know, it's a lot easier said than done. But uh, in my opinion, uh, again, because the games are so different, you know, college and NFL, that the best scenario is a young guy sits and learns and listens and pays attention and just learns how to 
become a pro, uh, but uh, like I said, easier said than done. So, hey, Todd, you go yeah, ahead, go ahead, sorry, Molly. Pat. No, go ahead, Pat. I'm sorry. No, I just they always do this, figure... Todd. Man, I tell you, figure We're it out. We're anxious <laughs> to talk to you. I know. <laughs> no, Todd, you mentioned hey, Baker let's Mayfield. Talk about just... golf. Let's talk about golf carts and uh, <laughs> yeah. training camp. Can we, can we talk about that? Yes. Uh, All right. Well, l- let me do it then. Well, give me, give me one of your favorite stories back when you were here with us, us at the Bears. <laughs> uh, finding Olin Cruz's car, uh, a cart tipped over and crashed and demolished. And <laughs> thank All, God I, had, all I had was water that night. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> <laughs> Going through the drive-through of uh, it wasn't McDonald's. What was the fast food place? Oh, <laughs> we yeah, go what? through the drive-through. <laughs> <in our golf laughs> thank God we won thirteen games. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I never did any of that either. <laughs> Pat Pat was at home reading. For sure. Yes, exactly. I was studying my playbook, the really difficult long snapper playbook. I, I, I thought the story. I thought the story was you were reading the Bible. Uh, maybe. <laughs> With a cold beer in my hand. Hey, Todd, Todd, follow up real quick. You, you mentioned you play, you coached a lot of great players, man. What what are some of your favorite players you've coached? Um, Olin Krutz is one of my all-time <laughs> favorites. I've, I've told this story many, many times. Moses Marino, we had a couple center quarterback exchange issues in practice, and on about the third one, Moses pointed at Olin, and Olin turned around and knocked him out. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't ever, you don't ever point at the center. Nope. Especially uh, that one. I think we were still in Platteville, too, then, man. That we were. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so just to close it out here, when we look at this sort of a game plan, we talked about it a little earlier, as much as the pressure's on Justin Fields in his first NFL start, is there more pressure on the coach to make sure that, that what we're talking about, having him in the position to succeed, making sure that he is the, the, in the right spot to make the play that he's comfortable making? That's, that's what I'm really looking for, uh, looking for in this game. Uh, because again, I've heard, you know, I pay attention to what people are saying, what coaches are saying, and and it's it's a big job, obviously, especially in Chicago. You're on your second quarterback, but when I hear somebody say we're going to do what we do, that I bristle at that because I am not a system guy. The system really is terminology, you know, and how you call the plays, how everybody communicates. But the coaching is putting the players in the best position to succeed. So. Uh, I, I really expect – I'm hoping the Bears look different today with Justin Fields under center because if you go out and try to play like you play when Andy Dalton's in there, um, I don't think it's going to work out really well. Great stuff, Todd. Thanks a ton. Great catching up with you. Thanks, Todd, man. All Thanks, right, Todd. I'll have you on Sirius. Uh, Olin and Pat will get you on. For sure. <laughs> I'd love to. And tell, tell Bruce Murray we said hello. He's a good man. <laughs> I will. All right, that is uh, that is Todd Haley and uh, Olin. We want to get your pick. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I, I think we should spread these picks out. Let's. Uh, we know Dan Pompey took the Browns. We know the statistic we mentioned earlier. Who do you like? I, I mean, it's going to be hard in Cleveland. Uh, obviously, the dog pound. I, I heard it called. You know. Yep. The it's just a tough place to play, man. It's, the, the fans are going to be into it. Uh, they got a few matchup advantages. I, I think they match up well 
against the Bears. The Bears are going to have to pull out those takeaways again, uh, win the turnover battle just to have any chance today, I would imagine. Uh, we'd love to see Justin Fields light it up, and, and that's their chance. That's, that's what they need to do uh, for them to win. Like I said, the defense has a lot, still has a lot to prove today. The offensive coaching staff has a lot to prove today. Uh, the, the Cleveland Browns are, were a playoff team last year. They look like a playoff team this year, and the Bears have not been successful when facing uh, playoff caliber teams of late. So I got Cleveland uh, winning by a pretty good margin. You know, I probably go with something like 28 to 10. Uh, so, you know, they just, today's going to be a tough day, I think, for the Bears, uh, kind of show them where they are overall. But just hopefully, like we talked about with Grody, uh, even with a loss, they win today because we see that they have finally have a young quarterback capable of taking the reins for a decade or more. Great stuff. Thanks, Olin. That is, guess. this is the pregame show. We've got, uh, we've got Olin. We've got Patrick Manley. We're going to get Patrick's pick too. And uh, of course it's presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. It's obviously extremely humbling uh, and honored to receive that honor. But uh, and I told Coach this: it's it's a tribute to the defense. It was all every every player on that defense, uh, in my opinion, had had earned that and has a piece of that game ball. It is the pregame show. Patrick Manley, Olin Krutz, and uh, presented by Bet Rivers, official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. And, of course, that's the voice of Sean Desai. He got a game ball in the post-game locker room because they were awful, let's be honest, against the, uh, against the Rams. And they came back and they tightened things up. And, and Patrick, I'm curious, when you uh, – you know, I know Olin kind of made fun of, uh, of Sean Desai kind of rallying because, of course, the players have to rally – but it was it was a big moment for him, and I thought at least one of those sacks, if not two, were by design. They were kind of designed when he put the the two pass rushers on the same side, and and Quinn got a free shot at the quarterback because everyone went for uh, Khalil Mack. That's smart stuff. That's good stuff to see, and um, and the Bears did bounce back against the Bengals at home. I don't know if it's if it's sustainable, and I I think that the idea that are they still ready to do that? They, these questions that we ask are legitimate because we don't know which defense turns up. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the four turnovers are going to be extremely hard to to do again. I think that's just one of those, you know, random Sundays that you get kind of lucky to get that many. But I think Sean Desai does deserve a lot of credit. You know, Olin was giving me crap earlier. I do think he deserves a lot of credit from getting those guys to bounce back and believe in them and, and, and play that game as well as they did, get the sacks they got, the hurries they got. The sacks and hurries are what I want to continue seeing. We've talked about it many times that all that money is up front on that defense, and that's their job to get home. That's their job to be a game record. That's their job to change the game. Uh, today's going to be a huge test with Cleveland's offensive line, how much they move Baker Mayfield. But, um, yeah, I, I just I think Sean did a great job. You know, we talked about, I think, last week, how much can you improve from week one to week two. That's a great example of, of a unit doing it, and they, and they played a lot better. I don't know if they'll play that great for the rest of the year, but they can play, you know, below that. You know, take those turnovers away, get the sacks and pressures. I think they can continue doing that. And I did like what Sean Desai drew up a little bit, putting uh, Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack on the same side. You got, got a sack out of it, got a pressure on it the next time they ran it. 
Um, I, I believe the one with Roquan Smith, he dialed up and came free, a free blitzer and got a sack. And that, that to me, is Sean Desai seeing something and, and, and installing it and getting it run right. Um, so he deserves a lot of credit. I just hope he can continue doing it. And I hope these guys get on a roll. It always seems to me too, Mully, when the first turnover happens, the second one happens, right? They had right. all those three in a row and they got four. Let's just hope that maybe it can continue week to week. Let's get let's win the turnover battle by two this week. If you can do that, that's going to give the Bears a chance to win. Yeah, you almost have to do that because this yeah. is a real challenge. This offensive line is significantly uh, significantly better than the one that they just faced. And and um, I wonder when you heard Matt Nagy talk about his offense, he he basically said that the defense made the jump from one week to the next. Now it's our turn to make the jump. It was weird that he didn't kind of acknowledge the defense without putting it in context with his offense, but I guess as the play caller, he can't help <laughs> He himself. can't help himself. <laughs> yeah, he really can't. It's just the no. way he looks at the game. And, and, and what and I all thought was interesting, yeah. yeah, I know. What, what I thought was interesting was Todd Haley talking about I, – I texted Todd back, said, thanks for coming on. I go, I think you infuriated a bunch of Bears fans – by saying what you're saying about changing your offense for the players. Yeah. And it feels like Matt Nagy's not doing that. But today is his greatest chance to do it. You know, with Mitch Trubisky, he was trying and trying and finally gave up the play call into Bill Lazor and switched it up a little bit. But now's the time to see if he can change it up and see if his offense can play as well as the defense does. Complimentary football he's been talking about. Well, their offense hasn't been complimentary of this defense since he's been here. And now's the time. Yes, we're going to see some rookie, you know, ups and downs. But I want to see him adapt to his players and truly become a good offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I think that's a very that's a very obvious thing to expect, and yet mm-hmm. I'm not sure that we can expect <laughs> it. I, I, you know, whenever he talks about the scheme and his system and all that, it just it kind of sends a shiver down my spine because I worry that that you know he takes he's been taking incre- increasingly more sort of chances, increasingly more dangerous chances than he did before and I wonder if that's to jumpstart his his offense he doesn't seem concerned about protecting his defense it seems like whenever he speaks of a um, of a decision to go for it on fourth down of uh, a decision to throw uh, on third down late in the game with a rookie quarterback he always he has this catch-all phrase where he just says staying aggressive we're staying yep. aggressive there <laughs> and that's permission for whatever thing you do when in reality, hey, why don't you aggressively protect the defense? Why don't you work the 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 what's happening a little bit more? And you know, I I just I was surprised when um, Justin Fields came in. We had talked about it before the game last week that there were these wow plays going on, right? Wasn't that the report from Ian mm-hmm. Rappaport? Wow plays going on, and um, and we didn't see the wow plays. It it's like he stayed with the game plan that had been established for the other quarterback instead of changing things. Surely yes. they had some – you know, they drafted the kid in April. I, I would imagine a guy that has his walls papered with his play sheets would have been kind of on, on napkins at a restaurant. Give me the waffles. Let me just build up a play <laughs> for Justin Fields. I, I was a little disappointed that that was it, that you didn't do things. You didn't move the target. You didn't try to mm-hmm. attack the edge. You, it was um, it was a little disappointing, and now he's had time, and I know he came out on Friday and he said something like, "Wow, you know this guy's getting getting plays with the first team. You wouldn't believe the stuff he's doing," <laughs> and and the backlash on social media was unbelievable. We told you that. Why aren't you listening? So I think that while we 
want the quarterback to have patience. You know, the fans need a little patience. This is only the third game of the year. Let's hope everything goes right. Let's hope the coach knows what to do with it. But this is an evolving situation. It, it is, it is. And then Coach Nagy, I think, talked on Friday or sometime during the week about, you know, how important it is to get a full week with Justin Fields, you know, putting in the game plan, getting all the reps, figuring out what he likes, what he can run well, what he doesn't run well. And I think that is valuable. I think that's very important. There'll be some situations probably in blitz period where they said, all right, we're going to dial up this play. We think you can run it. Here's a blitz. They might run Cleveland. And, and then all of a sudden, Justin just can't read it and doesn't do it well. Well, you scratch that play right out of the playbook. You're like, all right, we're not going to do that. Then you should be able to go back to Justin and be like, what did you like? What do you want to do? What are you comfortable calling? What are you comfortable seeing? And hopefully this week, it's just one week, can accelerate his growth a little bit that we don't see some of those mistakes that we saw in the preseason and last week. I think we're going to see some of them, but I don't want to see a bunch of them. I just want to I, I hope that, like you, you keep saying hope here, you, you said it, I said it, I hope that they put that, the proper game plan together for him this week to see him use his skill set. I've said it before, he's probably the top one or two athlete on the field when he's out there. Make this scheme work for him and let him do his thing. And, and you know, if you, if you change the target point and if you move him a little bit, then you're cutting down the number of reads he makes. Then you're changing yes. the direct. It, it's almost like it, you can benefit him in ways that aren't as obvious as everyone kind of looks at it and says, well, you got to go through a read progression and get rid of the ball. Maybe, you know, maybe if you get him on the move, it's two reads. Maybe you, well, you know, make things easier for him. He supposedly has a photographic memory, which um, maybe I remember that wrong. That was a joke, but <laughs> but uh, but it is it's a lovely thing that he knows where he's supposed to go and what he's supposed to do and he can see things. I just I think when you're dealing with a young player, you've got mm -hmm. to be really careful about not overloading him to begin with. But the other element, and and you talk to coaches about this, it's not like it's not like there is this climbing of stairs. It's not like a, an obvious progression. It's more like you get better and you get better. And and I. I think you can load him up with plays and then the next week he can't run a play that he ran the week before. It's just, it just, you have to be really careful about how you load people up with information. 100%. And we talked about this earlier in the show that you're going to see what Kevin Stefanski and yes. Alex Van Pelt have done for Baker's May Baker Mayfield. Yeah. That is the offensive game plan. I think that should have been run with Mitch Trubisky. It's definitely the game plan that needs to be run right now with Justin Fields. Baker Mayfield's what completing 80% of his passes and he's even throwing, I think 10 yards down the field. He's only right behind Russell Wilson with the you know, yards per attempt. So they're putting him in situations to be successful. And a lot of these are single, this one and two reads him on the move. He's obviously Baker's very comfortable on the run with, with the uh, completion percentage he has, but they're giving him a playbook that suits his skill set. And obviously they have a good run game as well. And they have a great play action game off of that, which is, which is huge, which I think the bears can do with David Montgomery. So as a bears fan today, watch this Cleveland Brown offense and imagine if Justin Fields was running this. Yeah. Um, I, you know, not to be pedantic, but it's 81.6% completion <laughs> rate. That's extraordinary. Isn't yeah. it? Mm -hmm. It's out of control. I think it's uh, the highest uh, two weeks ever in the NFL. I think it's yep. the, uh, the highest completion percentage, yep. which is impressive. They, I just love watching their offense. There's just a lot of movement going on pre-snap. Uh, the run game is extremely strong. And that, again, that's going to go back to the Bears defense stepping up and, and stopping that. And, and hopefully 
uh, the back end can can time up with the defense, uh, the defense in front and make some plays on the ball. But uh, I, I just really like what Kevin Stefanski's done with that offense over there. Well, he was coach of the year last year for a reason, yep. and they obviously got into the playoffs. And um, and I, I believe they were knocked out of the playoffs on a on a uh, a key fourth down conversion. Believe it or not, uh, that's so, yeah. uh, they were down five, I think, and and Kansas City converted, and off they went. Um, when when you look at the Browns in particular, and you think about them sort of learning their defense on the fly, I think they have eight or nine new guys that they're working into things. Um, does that does that spell um, I don't know more possibility for Fields? I mean, is that does that mean that if they're not if they if they're not all together and they're not in sync yet, and and we know that that's been the case thus far. Is that just the opponents they've played, or does that mean the Bears have a better opportunity here than we expect? I think they've got a better opportunity, but I also think they're going to get better. They have too much talent. I listened to uh, an interview. I forgot who it was with. It might have been Denzel Ward or somebody on their defensive backfield saying they're not timing up with the defensive front. The front's starting to get pressure, but they're not playing tight enough. They're playing too loose, so they're getting completions. Denzel Ward had a rough game last week. Yep. Um, so I think it's tying those two positions together. And I think as the season goes along for Cleveland, they're going to be a pretty darn, pretty darn good defense. But I see what's going on right now. And I think a lot of the, the numbers you see and the, the lack of success is week one against Patrick Mahomes. That's just a special team. That's yep. a special offense. Yep. And then last week when Tyrod Taylor was in, they were struggling. They were losing. And then Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. And I forgot the name of the backup comes in. And he's obviously an NFL backup. And, and the, the, the tides change for Cleveland. So I think there is an opportunity. But I also think they're going to play that much better this week which could cause a problem for the Bears. And then there's going to be some matchup problems with Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney. Those two guys off the edge are, you know, some of the best uh, defensive ends in the league. So I'm looking forward to watching Jason Peters against Miles Garrett. I think that's going to be a good matchup. All right, we're going to get Pat's pick for the game. When we come back, it is, of course, the pregame show with Mully and Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley presented by Bet Rivers, the official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. What I would say to that is, is this, is that Andy, being where he's at right now, he's not healthy, so he's not our starter. When he is healthy, he is our starter, and it's as simple as that. And so what we do is we just continue to, like, we got to worry about today's practice, and then we worry about this weekend's game. With that said, we want Justin to be the best quarterback he can be so we can evaluate him too. Boy, that is a downer. That's the head coach. That's Matt Nagy in the pregame show uh, with Ola Cruz. Patrick Manley is uh, is here on the score, presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. And and Patrick, I wonder. You know, we asked Dan Pompey, and he said, "Oh, you know, that's just kind of coach speak." But it, it's a deeper story. It was like a weird story this week, where Brad Biggs asked the coach. Hey, um, who, you know, if Andy is is healthy, is he the starter? And Matt Nagy called that game plan. Said that it's game plan, and and Big said, well, it's personnel, isn't it? No, no, it's game mm -hmm. plan. It's game plan. And then he comes. They sent a, um, a a PR guy back into the room to say, oh no, Andy would be the starter if he were ready. The coach, who by the way repeated the question, didn't understand the question. Um, I, I just I found that just a weird kind of turn of events. And then I thought it was equally weird when the coach made uh, the, the proclamation that uh, that Andy Dalton is the starter when he's healthy. And I, I get it. You got to cover yourself a little bit. 
but it was just a weird thing that happened a couple different times this week. Yeah, I find that very interesting, and I don't know if he misunderstood Biggs, even though he did repeat the question, but that doesn't make sense to me because it is personnel. But I do understand it can be scheme if you're going through the week and you're not knowing who the starter is, but they know this week he's not the starter. Justin Fields is, so it is a personnel question. But I don't like that he answered it that way about Andy Dalton coming back and being the starter. I, I, You should just be more vague about it and just leave it open. Like, this is just one week. We'll see what happens next week. Right now, Justin Fields is our starter. Let's see where we go from here. Because you want to encourage Justin Fields to, to, to continue to be the starter. That's why he was drafted where he was. That's what the future is. And if he's playing semi-decent and you see some growth, I think you just say, hey, Justin, you're our starter. you got to stay in there. But I just think he had handled that question in that situation uh, a little differently than I would have. I would have just kept it kind of more vague and, and week to week is the way I would have worked it. I, I got to tell you, Pat, I, I like everything I've heard from Justin Fields. I, just his, yes. his demeanor, the stuff he's saying at the podium, the idea that, you know, that, that this is he's meant to be here, this is meant to have. I love when a guy kind of manifests. Uh, this morning, apparently, he was like the first guy out on the field. He's shot out of a cannon at this mm-hmm. opportunity today. Obviously, went to Ohio State. He's in Cleveland. I just think that it's 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 going to be a fun thing for him, a fun thing for all of us watching it. I just don't know if it's going to be that much fun for Matt Nagy. <laughs> well, I well go back to about Justin Fields. I just lo- I love his confidence. It's almost like a quiet confidence. It's not. I don't know if he's boasting or whatever. He just believes in himself, and I like that. But I think more importantly to me, it's when your teammates talk about you in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a bright light. And I think they're doing that with Justin Fields. I think that speaks volumes for how he carries himself around Hallis Hall, how he treats other players, how he probably treats people in the building, um, you know, and how well-respected he is by the veterans. You know, I think that's important, too, for a rookie to come in and, and be able to get the uh, respect of veterans. So he's obviously doing the right stuff. You know, Olin's talked about earlier. Get into the weight room one time, be in the weight room early, uh, making sure you you're, you're got all your film study, making sure you can answer every question the quarterback coach asks you in meetings, every question the coach asks you in meetings. That way you can you prove to your team that you care, you're working at it, and I think he's doing that. And I think that's why all his teammates are answering the way they are. And, and again, like I, I like his confidence. I like that the way he carries himself, the way he talks about himself at the podium. He believes he should be there, all those things he's saying. I, I, I think it's great. I think he's got a fantastic start. Last week was a... Was it was a decent start, but I think he's going to have a. Uh, I think he's giving himself a chance to have a fantastic start, just the way he's acting, the way he's the way he's being around Hallis Hall. Yeah, I, I I mean I don't think there's there's any doubt to that idea. I, I got to ask you though, you know we got to make our picks at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, we know Olin picked the Browns in a pretty lopsided way, twenty-eight to ten. I have not seen many people taking the Bears. It just doesn't mm-hmm. seem like on the road with a, with a uh, rookie quarterback is the greatest place to debut, and it's done obviously not um, because that's their game plan. It's more by necessity. What's your take on what happens today against this team? I, I think Cleveland's pretty good. If you go back and watch them against Kansas City, they're a, a fumble yeah. away and a dropped, um, a dropped punt away from, from possibly winning that game, and obviously we know how good Kansas City is. So uh, they were almost a tale of two teams between week one against Kansas City and last week against the, uh, the uh, why am I drawing a blank here, the um, Texans. Um, Texans, Houston, so Texans. I don't know who's going to show up, but I, yeah. Yeah, but I think they, they, just got, they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of names on that team, and I think they're going to get better uh, from week to week. And I think, unfortunately, this is going to be a week where the defense plays a lot better. I just don't like the matchup, like you said, with a rookie quarterback. 
Um, I, I think the Bears are going to struggle. I don't think it's really going to be that close. And I'll just give you my score. It's uh, 24 to 13. I just think it's going to be too many mistakes by Justin Fields. We're going to be wowed a few times, but we're going to see too many mistakes. And I, I, I just really like this uh, Browns offense as well. And We'll see what they can do against this Bears defense. If the Bears can show up like they did last week and get the turnovers, it could change the game, but I'm just not sure if they can get those four turnovers again or win the turnover battle. Yeah, I, I think they need the turnovers. I worry about some of these um, aggressive decisions. I don't think they're trying to support the, the defense. I don't, I'm Honest to God, I'm not sure the coach – knows what he's actually saying when he says complimentary football. I think he ought to right. look that one up a little. But I had the uh, – I think I, I wanted it to be like uh, 24 to 17 or something, and then I switched it because of different arguments we had on the air. I finally wound up with like 24 to 13. So yeah. uh, that's the exact same score that you mentioned. I will then go 25 to 13 just to, to – because you took it first, I'll no, add a point. <laughs> I took it screwed. Hey, I got a question Two for you. Um, yeah, I got a question for you. Spiegel and Parkins asked me this. I thought it was a pretty good question. Between week one and week two, obviously the defense played terrible the first week and great last week with all the turnovers. Where do you see this defense? Leans more towards last week or more towards week one? Yeah, that is a really good question. I, um, you know, I think there's a couple of things. I think you talk about the the. Um, the fact that they got all the takeaways that obviously, you know, we watched the, if you watch that Notre Dame, Wisconsin game, games become blowouts whenever you dominate the turnover battle. It, it was hard to believe that they allowed the Bengals back in that game. And it was hard to believe that the Bengals, if had that gone yeah. to overtime, they might've won that game, frankly. Yeah. But, um, but I, I loved what I saw from the defense because I think you got the pressure up front and I, yeah. I don't know that you're going to get, sacks. I don't know that you're going to get the same dominance of this offensive line, of the father's offensive line, as you did last week against the Suns. Uh, odd that it's the Callahans. Um, but I, I think that um, I think what worries me is Kendall Vildor at the end of the game. That was not good. Where yep. are they at with the nickel position, Pat? You know, we, yes. we came into the season and there were two things we wanted to know about. Offensive tackle, right? Who's the left tackle? Mm -hmm. And and the secondary. And I think we saw problems with both things in the first game. For whatever reason, Jason Peters answered the bell. I thought played okay. I thought I was I was really impressed with how how well he did uh, in the second game. I don't know that I'm impressed at all with their secondary, and I don't know that that's not an accident waiting to happen. And as much as uh, Eddie Jackson can talk about. Uh, about how much better he's playing. He took a terrible angle in that one touchdown, and, and yes. I believe he took out the corner. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just I, I worry about the secondary. I worry about what I think could be a year-long problem, and I'm a little confounded by it. I hope they play well. I hope they get fields the ball, but I'm, I'm not expecting the defense to be as dominant as a week ago, and therefore – I don't know that they'll be as bad as they were in the first week, but I yeah. think it's going to be hard for them to, to uh, win the game. And, yeah, and what you brought up, too, about the nickel corner and Kendall Vildor, you now have two weeks of tape to scheme against. You know, And we didn't see a lot of the teams the first two weeks really, really go after them. They did. I think uh, Marquis Christian didn't play a great game the first, first week, but um, I, I think you're going to see a schemed-up offense to really attack those two guys, and that does scare me because they're they're the weak link on that defense. So if this defensive line can't get home up front, 
they're going to get really exposed. And I think we'll see that for the rest of the year, like you're talking about, because, you know, the more tape that's put out there, you're exposing yourself. They're going to scheme right up for you. They're going to go right at you. They're going to put their best player on you over there. They're going to somehow get all that done, and they're just going to take advantage of you. We mentioned Pro Football Focus, and they have um, a bunch of ex-scouts kind of breaking down tape. There's things, you know, I don't think that they know everything about what's going on on every play, and you don't know what every assignment is. So I think that you take all this stuff with um, with kind of a grain of salt. But they did give uh, Jalen Johnson a 96.0 mm-hmm. grade, which is a great grade in single coverage this season, the best among all NFL corners. And um, and then you heard Zach Taylor say after the game that he's a great player, that he did a great – they had things they wanted to do and he stopped them. He called him a great player. And then obviously he gets that, that you know, you'll, you hear he's best in the league in single coverage. Doesn't that mean that you are really now focusing on Kendall Vildor, that you're yeah. really now focusing on, on as you say, the uh, – the nickel position, and I don't know who it is. Um, it, it's that worries the heck out of me. That that just it means, does. It does. Stefanski, we talk about him. Don't you yeah, have to target that? For sure. But I'm going to go back to um, Jalen Johnson and the way he's playing. I think what I see is he's really become a pro. And what I mean by that is he watches tape, he studies formations, and he's in the right spot. A lot of those throws, he's already beating the receiver to the spot. You know that that's impressive to me. Obviously, he has all the physical traits and. Uh, he's a good cover corner and all that stuff, but it seems to me he has now become a pro and he understands uh, reading offenses and understands where the receiver is going to be and he's beating him there. And I think that's impressive. So yeah, that's going to be a part of the field. I don't think you're going to see people scheming up to go after, and they're just going to go after the weak link on the other side. So I don't know if it's is it an already Burns thing? Does he do you get him active later on if Kendall Vildor still gets burned or um, I, don't, I don't know what they do. They have no answers, I don't think, unless they're, they're on the roster and you get them in there and you see see different play. I, I think that's not a bad idea. Now, Ari Burns obviously is on the inactive list today, but mm-hmm. he could play an outside corner and you could move Vildor maybe to nickel if you thought that would help. Vildor is a, a smaller guy, but he's got long arms and he's a really strong guy, apparently uh, lifted a lot at the, at the combine. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if that helps you in run support. I, and I worry about run sport today. Uh, you know, we haven't yes. talked about Roquan enough because he's been sensational. But, yeah. man, the onus is on him today. He's got a lot of work to do. He does. And this this run game, they're, they're excellent. They're very, very good. He's got to be, you know, secure in his tackle. He's got to hit his gaps and do all the, rock, you know, the proper thing, the coach speak or whatever. But he's been playing great this year. He's been fun to watch, obviously, that big touchdown last week. But one thing we didn't bring up is Tayshawn Gibson being out. That's right. Having a new, a new, a new uh, safety in there. And listening to Eddie Jackson, I talked about it earlier in the show, they really have to be uh, they have to be set on their keys. You know, they can't get burned with all this play action. They can't come biting up and get beat deep. That's what scares me about putting a new guy back there and having that communication errors. So hopefully we don't, we don't see what we saw against the Rams because you're going to see some similar boot action, similar plays, similar play action. And what happened week once against that offense, they got burned. They missed their keys. So they really need to show improvement. They did last week against that team, but they need to show it against a similar offense this week. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, we know yeah. where, you know, this all comes from. So, all right, that's it. We don't have any more time. Game Here's time. hoping, Pat. Let's hope we're yep. having a lot of fun, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll text you, my God, J- Justin Fields, the greatest quarterback in Bears history at some point during the game. Uh, Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like an overreaction. It's the pregame show. 
we want to thank you. Don't forget to get back here. I believe Olin will be here with the uh, the post post game show, and uh, I want to thank everyone for uh, for tuning in. And this pregame show was presented by Bet Rivers, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Go ahead and download the Bet Rivers app today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.